It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Mango. So I know we both spent some time in San Francisco over the years, but did you know there's somewhere between 30 and 60 ships buried under the city there? Wait, what? Yeah, it's true. And this this goes back to the 1800s. And prospectors were in such a hurry to find fortune in San Francisco that they would abandon their vessels right there in the harbor. You know, so part of the town was just built on top of any ships and debris that got abandoned in that shallow water there. I mean, I mean, that just sounds lazy or like careless or something. <laughs> I know, but, you know, historians looking at old photos apparently said it looked like a forest of masts. And some ships got run aground to be used as bars or hotels. But what's even weirder than that, according to the National Geographic, if you sunk a ship, you could actually claim the land under it. So a bunch of the ships got sunk deliberately. In fact, today, according to the San Francisco MTA, if you've ever taken the Muni train to the Embarcadero station, you've actually passed through a ship's hull without knowing it. And that's the first of today's nine things, all about the weirdest stuff intentionally buried by people. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Mangesh Hatikater. And behind the soundproof glass, assembling an IKEA smorgasbord, is our producer Tristan <laughs> McNeil. Good job, Tristan. And we've got our wonderful research extraordinaire Gabe Luzier joining us as well. So, Mango, how do we decide on this week's nine things topic? Well, you know, you and I were brainstorming, or we were about to brainstorm topics when this Twitter user Jason Ste wrote in with a request. And of course, you know, we love requests and listener suggestions. And Jason had a great one. He asked if we could do a list of the weirdest things intentionally buried by people, which, of course, made us smile. Yeah, it's a great idea. All right. So we took him up on the challenge and, and I started with the ships of San Francisco. So, Gabe, how are you today? I'm doing well. All right. Well, we're going to put you on the spot and let you go. Uh, let you go next. OK, cool. I can do that. Uh, actually, I want to start with the problem of beach whales. All right. So sometimes, as you might expect, when a dead whale shows up on shore, you can kind of just let nature take its course. But 
problem is, you know, that causes a big smell, and it can take months or even years for the whale to fully decompose. So another option is to cut it up and take the pieces to a landfill, but oh. you know that's that's some grisly yeah that's some grisly work and and again the stench. Uh, so a third option is to make the same mistake the Oregon Highway Division did in 1970, and that's to use dynamite and you know blow up a beach whale. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is possibly the worst idea and definitely not recommended. But the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration which has been tasked with taking care of all stranded marine mammals since 1992, they sometimes recommend simply burying the whale. And what's crazy about that is the effort it takes to bury an 80,000-pound creature. (laughs) Uh, According to Wired, you need a hole that's at least two stories deep, and that's because you need to cover the whale in a minimum of 10 feet of sand. It's a lot of work, but it actually happens with some frequency off the California coast. That's crazy. Well, uh, you know, since you started with uh, dead bodies, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the Pringles inventor, Frederick Bauer, who I, I remember was cremated and buried in a, a Pringles can. <laughs> but when I actually looked him up, I found out he wasn't actually the only snack inventor who wanted a tasty tribute in his afterlife. So the Doritos inventor, Arch West, was uh, buried in an urn that was dusted in a layer of Doritos. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and just in case you're wondering, while he didn't seem to mind the blazing buffalo or pizza supreme or or even the third-degree burn scorching habanero flavors. <laughs> According to a Washington Post article, he took one bite of the late-night all-nighter cheeseburger Doritos and had to spit them out. <laughs> oh, I actually saw that Washington Post eulogy, and I like the way it ended. I think it said, ashes to ashes, crunch to crunch. <laughs> so, all right, so we've got ships, whales, and two snack food geniuses. How about we tackle something a little more, I don't know, conniving? So... Let's think about things that were buried out of spite or, I don't know, less than pure intentions. Mango, you got one? Yeah, I actually do. So I I don't know if you remember this, but in 2008, the New York Yankees management presided over an excavation ceremony where they dug up a David Ortiz Red Sox jersey. (laughs) Apparently, this construction worker from the Bronx secretly buried it under two and a half feet of concrete, all in the hopes that it would lead to a new Yankees curse. And how would the Yankees find out about this? Well, apparently two of his fellow workers ratted him out. But uh, the Yankees organization cleaned up the shirt and sent it to Boston with a T-shirt of their own. And and the jersey and the shirt were actually auctioned for a charity. Oh, well, at least it has a, a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So, All right, Gabe, what do you have? All right, well, well, this is just kind of funny to me. But in 1978, some kids were playing in the mud in the backyard of a house in L.A. And they were kind of, you know, digging around uh, when they uncovered something shiny. So they kept digging and eventually called the cops because it turned out they had found a Ferrari. Oh, my God. They must have been so psyched about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure they were initially. The, the car only had 500 miles on it, and it was worth about 20K at the time. But sadly, the kids didn't get to keep it. And <laughs> I don't even think they got a finder's fee. The whole thing was apparently an insurance scam, and the guy would have got away with it. But, you know, these pesky meddling kids, right. as usual. <laughs> So the car was ultimately sent back to the insurance company who had, you know, already paid out good money for it to the owner. Uh, don't worry, though. The car had a happy afterlife. This, uh, it was auctioned off to a guy named Brad Howard, and he ended up having the car registered with a license plate that said, dug up. Of course. <laughs> it's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. 
See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so this one isn't exactly duplicitous. It's more that the game was buried out of shame, but I, I kind of like it anyway. And that's Atari's Notorious E.T. game. And I think we've talked about this one before. I'm sure you both know the game is considered the worst video game of all time. I think it was rushed to market in something like 30 or 34 days or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, the idea was that you wandered aimlessly trying to find three pieces of a phone in the hopes that E.T. can phone home. It's that stupid. <laughs> That's just such a bad idea for a game. Right, right. Well, on top of the terrible plot, it was really buggy, too. And it was it was such an embarrassment that Atari paid New Mexico to hide the 800,000 copies it couldn't sell into a landfill. But then the company kept denying the whole thing. So the whole thing was kind of this urban legend until 2014 when the games were excavated. I mean, that's a great story, but how does that kind of thing work? Like, if you're excavating for one thing in particular, how do you know when you're closed? Well, that's the weird part about the story is the reports on what they were finding is they actually started hitting artifacts from that era, like Donnie and Marie Osmond posters. And there were even other games like Mrs. Pac-Man and Pele's Soccer. But about a foot before they got to the actual treasure trove, 
they found a local newspaper with a 1983 headline about this dumping. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's like the best foreshadowing. Yeah, well, all right. Well, you guys, it's time to uh, to up your game to try to match that. So it's the final round of nine things. Mango, what do you have for your last fact? Uh, so, so you know I can't follow rules, so I, I'm actually going to talk about an invention that I thought was awesome. And uh, did you know that Verizon developed a special knife to cut into the ground? I didn't. It's for uh, laying their fiber optics, but according to the New York Times, the company uses, like, pressurized air to slice into the earth. And one description I saw, the uh, the slicing ability was compared to, like, cutting butter with a hot knife. But what's amazing is that it's also a smart device. So while it cuts clean through the ground, it actually doesn't cut pipes or gas lines or even your sprinkler hose. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty cool. All right. You broke the rules, but I still like it. So, Gabe, your turn. Well, I was trying to figure out the most valuable thing that was buried, and I came up with two contenders. Of course. Another rule breaker here. All right. Well, go ahead. Give them to us. All right. So the first is a time capsule that was placed in the ground in Amarillo, Texas. According to the book Oddball, Texas, the capsule was put in the ground in 1968 to honor the 100th anniversary of helium. And uh, there are four capsules there intended to be opened on various anniversaries. And the whole thing's shaped like a helium atom. And, you know, there's some of your typical time capsule fare from the era included, like, Kent cigarettes or popular Hollywood movies. But the greatest thing might be a $10 savings account passbook that's supposed to be turned over to the U.S. Treasury when the capsule's opened in 2968. <laughs> it's earning 4% interest at the moment, which, you know, is estimated to be worth a cool 10 quadrillion by the time. <laughs> <laughs> which should be just enough to solve any budget crisis. Wow. <laughs> I, I like that. So uh, what's your other fact? All right, well, this is a different type of valuable, but in 2012, Russian scientists found a seed that they assumed was buried by an ice age squirrel. And how would they know that? <laughs> well, it was buried about 38 meters below the permafrost, according to National Geographic, which dates it to about 32,000 years ago. But that's not the weirdest part either. The seed had been encased in ice and frost and whatever, so it was a little bit damaged. But the scientists were still able to extract tissues and replant them in vials. And through this process, they managed to bring the flowering Siberian plant back to life. Oh, wow. That is incredible. So my fact is that there's a steam train buried under New York City. <laughs> I feel like all your facts have to do with giant transportation hiding under cities. I know. That's my thing, Mango. So, but <laughs> apparently in 1886, there was an underground steam train line that was corrupt. So the city just bricked it off and kept it underground. And over the years, the tunnel got used for bootlegging and smuggling and growing mushrooms, apparently, but <laughs> no one's been able to find the giant steam engine. It's just a giant transportation treasure waiting to be found. I love that. Well, I mean, I, I think uh, a Geraldo special could uncover it for us. It's going to be great. Uh, um, I do think the fact that Gabe somehow uncovered both a futuristic answer to our budgetary woes and hope for life existing in another 38,000 years I think that's all amazing, and so I, I think he deserves this one. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe we put an asterisk by his name in the record books for that extra fact in there. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'm fine with that. We'll, we'll let history be the judge of me. All right. Well, that's it for today's Nine Things. Thanks for listening to Part-Time Genius. We'll be back with a regular episode tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Part-Time Genius is a production of How Stuff Works and wouldn't be possible without several brilliant people who do the important things we couldn't even begin to understand. Tristan McNeil does the editing thing. 
Noel Brown made the theme song and does the mixy-mixy sound thing. <laughs> Gary Rowland does the exact producer thing. Gabe Luzier is our lead researcher with support from the research army, including Austin Thompson, Nolan Brown, and Lucas Adams. And Eve Jeffcoat gets the show to your ears. Good job, Eves. If you like what you heard, we hope you'll subscribe. And if you really, really like what you've heard, maybe you could leave a good review for us. Do we, do we forget Jason? Jason who? Friends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.